This is Iron Sports 95.9, 106.9. We're honored to have your own Weitzman, a Fox Sports writer uh, and also author of the book, Tanking to the Top, uh, about the Philadelphia 76ers. We had your own on a year and a half ago about his book, but it's still available. It's a phenomenal book if you want to know everything about the 76ers. And your own, this is like post-mortem on, on the season, the day after uh, the Game 7 loss to Atlanta. And what's the feeling and the mood and everything about Philadelphia right now? Um, <laughs> so I don't even know how I'm laughing, right? Uh, what do you think? What does it seem like? It's, uh, I would say the sky is falling. And so again, I, I don't live in Philadelphia, but I cover them enough and I, I interact with enough Sixers fans and I could just, after the game ended, and I know you're not supposed to base things off of social media interactions, right? But after the game ended last night, I got a bunch of people, um, messaging about my book and need a new epilogue and all this other stuff, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, saying I should nickname, I should rename the book tanking to for two I was tanking to a bunch of second round exits things like that um, which was pretty good so yeah I would say there's a, a bit of a sky is falling ceiling here and the Ben Simmons stuff um, you know the, the city and the organization also more even than the city more telling is that the Sixers as a team seem to have uh, turned on him yeah, I mean, I think that's the one thing about when I was at the Brooklyn, I was at game seven last week. And when Brooklyn lost for a minute, everybody was depressed. It was one of the greatest games I've seen and they were upset. But it's like you don't have these long suffering Brooklyn fans. It's like they'll go out to party or whatever. But when I was at game five, when the Sixers lost, when they blew a 26 point lead, that was it was the end of the world. And you could say because these fans have been living and dying with this team for decades. And I think that's where the pressure it's almost feels like now with the process and everything, the pressure is becoming on the team to, to win right now. And, and, and this loss is magnified. It was, uh, yeah. Also, I mean, so the Nets lost like they were they were they were mashing it right They were walking wounded. So, um, yeah, it was like in Durant, they clearly gave them the all and against and against a really good team. Okay a title contender. The Hawks are not that, right? The Sixers are a number one seed. The Hawks are punching above their weight. The Sixers should have won that game. Oh, I won that series. And they did not. And I think fans are really frustrated by that and the way in which they lost. I mean, you're a seven-point favorite in a game seven at home. I guess that's the question. But I get, I go, no, I was on your Twitter feed and you're talking a lot about uh, about Ben Simmons and some information in terms of what could happen. I mean, it clearly he was a 60% foul shooter the last four for the four, first four years of the league. And now 35% foul shooting, but it's not just the foul shooting. It's the inability to just even want to touch the ball on offense and just disappearing. And it's just, he, on the offensive end, he doesn't even want to run, want to run the fast break and for fear of getting fouled with the ball. Yeah. For me. So I focus on the foul shooting, like a three point shot was always a focus, right? To me that, um, that that's done. Like it, it's irrelevant almost, right? I mean, I guess it'd be, there's no, you know, you wish you would hit open corner threes and things like that. But to me, it's the free throw shooting and it's the willingness to be uh, aggressive in the half court to turn himself into a weapon in the half court. Right. And that is part of it that he just has, and he's regressed in that area. Right. When he came as a rookie, they're clipped. Like he, he knew how he kind of had things. And there are plenty of guys in the NBA who aren't good shooters who figure out how to be effective in the half court, you know, driving, kicking, cutting, screening, just moving around. And we saw it last night. And obviously that um, the, when he had the dunk and he passed it out, that was the um, culmination of him sort of just being, I hate using the word. I don't want to say scared, just shaken. Something's off, right? He couldn't sort of short-circuited. Um, Joel Embiid called out that play after. So to me, that's almost the biggest focus. Like the free throws and can you figure out how to make yourself a weapon in the half court when teams aren't guarding you? 
But remember in, in the Heat series a few years ago in the playoffs, how he dominated and just it seemed like when he once when he was on the fast break, he just take the ball. He was unstoppable. But now, as I said, he just doesn't. I mean, Kenny Smith at halftime of the game, uh, game seven, showed that he you know even on a fast break, he just he caught the ball for a second and just passed it to Embiid at the mid court, not even wanting to. I mean, that was his job to, to. He's the guard. He should be driving it down and then passing it at the end. Um, where do you think? Where do the Sixers go with Simmons? I mean, it seems like there's no way he can come back. But also, he, he's owed $150 million on a four years. It seems like it's almost untradeable. It's like they would have, should have traded him last year. They probably waited a year to trade him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they tried to trade him for Harden, right, which we all know. Um, that didn't happen. I would be pretty surprised if he's on the team next season. That's not off any inside information. Just reading the tea leaves and just... At a certain point, you've brought up against the wall a number of times. You've got to make a change. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his value is. Like the rest of the NBA watches the playoffs too. Um, if you're another team in a small market, you might try to do a buy low opportunity, right? Um, the obvious trade that people love floating around is um, CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons type, which it seems like it could be one of those win-wins for both teams. Um, but we'll have to see what happens. And then I guess Simmons' failures have sort of overshadowed and also almost obscured uh, – like. I was concerned. Embiid, after game five when they lost, I turned to Sixer fans and I said, boy, Embiid at the fourth quarter, just he just didn't make those shots. It's a turnover ball. And they're like, oh, you can't blame it on Embiid. He did everything. He's playing on a hurt leg and this thing. But you see the problems he has. He doesn't stay in shape. So he's out of shape at the end of the game, making mistakes. Uh, he, if he's going to be the MVP, he's made strides this year, but to be the MVP cornerstone of a championship team, he's going to have to play better and he's going to have to be able to make those shots in the fourth quarter, just like Kevin Durant was doing in the series against Milwaukee. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I think he was – well, okay, so the first two games he was great this year. What I'll say about Embiid is nobody is nobody's forced, except Durant really in the last couple of games there, nobody is forced to exert more energy than him. Like he is – if you go down the line of guys who, um, who have to be the focal point and carry the load on both ends of the floor, it's really like – Embiid is really almost it um, in terms of he's the anchor of the defense and the offense runs through him. Most guys, like, you know, Kawhi Leonard's a great defender. He's not the anchor of their defense. Rudy Gobert is the anchor of the defense. Offense doesn't run through him. It's, it's very rare. So it, I don't know if you could possibly play that style and not get tired at the end. Um, and he did this on a torn meniscus. He had some bad games. Game four, which they blew when he went ice cold from the, in the second half, which, again, that's fine, but he made a lot of bad decisions. Um, you know, was, wasn't getting back on defense, things like that. That can't happen. And yesterday he wasn't great either. But, again, one of the issues is just we see this. It's, it's hard if your best player is a big man in, in the NBA to win cl- close playoff games. Like, if your go-to – I shouldn't say best player. If your go-to score is a big man, right? You need a guy in the playmaker, a perimeter-based playmaker who can kind of create things a lot. Otherwise, it's hard to get the guy the ball. And the Sixers – don't have that because the guy they're paying to be that just in Simmons isn't doing it. And the other person they're playing, Tobias Harris, came up small again in the playoffs and didn't play. I mean, it's some good games, but it just seemed to be like if they're if Simmons is going to shoot and Embiid is a big, you're look, you're looking for Tobias Harris, who they're paying 150 million dollars to to somehow fill that void. And at the end of game, even against Game Seven, he was missing shots and not able in game in Game Five, not able to make some of those key shots at the end of the game, and, and sometimes disappeared. I mean, he was scoring in single digit a couple games. Yeah, I mean, so Tobias, again, Tobias Harris by this point is who he is, right? He's a really good player. He's a he's a really good player. He's a really good guy. He's a good scorer. He does a lot. He's just if you're relying on him to be your like you know alpha for lack of a better term down the stretch, you're gonna you're gonna come up short. And then it gets the point with the coach of Doc Rivers. Uh, everything was you know, Brett Brown was criticized. It seems like on a daily basis they bring Doc Rivers in. They have the yeah. number number one seed in the East. They lost seven home games. 
But Doc has now has this is four straight game seven that he's lost, and now questions are saying like what's he's been doing, and, and these things that the questions are coming to his uh, on his uh, coaching. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if anyone enjoyed that game more than Brett Brown last night, right? Um, <laughs> watching that, so, so yeah, I mean the Doc Rivers thing. I don't, I don't know what to make of the. Um, I don't know what to make of Doc Rivers' uh, coaching resume in Game Sevens, right? That confuses me. I don't. I, I have trouble. I, I don't know if I'm not I, the X. I don't know if it's the X. I don't think motivation. If it's bad luck, and obviously you would think if there's a trend there, then if then clearly something is happening. I don't know what to do with that though. Um, and I, I don't love the way he coaches series, but again, just like you're watching, and they should have beat them. Um, but I just don't know how much to put on him when they're basically coming down a stretch and they're running offense to like Seth Curry is really good, but that's like, and he's played great, but that's just, that's not going to win. That doesn't win you playoff games. What is Embiid's relationship with Rivers? Is it, and what is Harris is really, is this team, it seemed like they were maybe some tuning out Brett Brown a little bit, but now like they made the change to Rivers and it seemed like it was working the regular season, but what is their relationship and how is this, is this a situation where a loss like this could create friction between Embiid and Rivers? They, I mean, I don't think friction between Embiid and Rivers. It seems like the friction is going to be uh, Simmons and everyone else, right? They all threw Simmons under the bus. <laughs> yes, yes. Interesting. Um, that was a quick 180 from Doc Rivers, who all year was saying anyone's an idiot who dare question Simmons, right? And then, you know, last night he asked if he could see Ben Simmons being a championship, a point guard on a championship team. And he said, I don't know, which is just like, you could at least lie. You should, you should at least lie in that situation, right? It's like a weird response. Um, so I don't know about that. The players all like Doc Rivers this year or liked and respected him and thought that he held them accountable and they liked sort of the balance he struck and the new voice and all that. So it's interesting. You know, sometimes we all focus, and I've done this too, we focus on some of the palace intrigue and like to blame people. But it's, it's usually these aren't just simple things, right? It's not like one guy is usually at fault. And these issues that cause playoff losses or things that pop up, but they don't just pop up out of nowhere. They're things that are usually seeds that are planted years earlier that sort of manifest themselves later on. Later on. Yeah, I mean, I think this, Sebi, we're talking to your own Weitzman uh, at Fox Sports NBA writer and also author of the book Tanking to the Top. You can follow him on Twitter at your own Weitzman, at your own Weitzman. I guess this is a this is a, a crossroads for Philadelphia because the excitement. I was there two five games two five. So much excitement, so much energy. The casinos down there, uh, just everything. People, but hours before the game, packed up an Xfinity Live. It's like the city is ready to embrace the Sixers. And then when they lost that, it's like they were the booing and the this and like they they can't. You know they're tough Philly fans anyway, but it's just they're they just they're getting burned by this team. And it's I, I just don't. They're like really, this is a very difficult time for them because they're either going to become this beloved team by winning whatever or they're going to really turn their fans against them yeah i mean <laughs> i think the second part happened right it was like it, it's not connected to the problem again it's just they were a heavily favored team they have two superstars and they they they, they blew it they lost to a blue series here to a team they should have beaten and including some major um blown leads right it's almost a 26 point loss whatever that blown lead in game five well, i was trying now game four whatever five um it's just like that happens. You just you're gonna you're gonna the fans will lose patience, right? And it's, it's some of the same issues that have been perking up for years now. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, I think a lot of it. It's good. Ben Simmons is gonna be the fall guy here. I think in terms of from the, from the team perspective and also in terms of how the fans go about thinking um, processing. No pun intended. This, <laughs> this loss. Um, I think he's gonna be a fall guy, which I guess things for him and work for everyone else, right? Like you can, you can kind of throw in a scapegoat and say, oh, okay, we fixed it. We got rid of him. I don't know if that'll be the case. I guess we'll see. 
Well, I appreciate you coming on. I know it's uh, you're busy in the middle of, of NBA season and uh, the NBA playoffs, so I appreciate you coming on Iron Sports and talking about the Philadelphia 76ers and where the process is at this time. So thanks a lot, Yaron, for coming on Iron Sports. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it.